0: Chose. it's not a bandwagon we jumped on when it was convenient it's something we were born into piece of our identity passed down from generations before just like you i was born a brewer this is my first love my passion my responsibility it's a torch i'll carry with me always through the ups and the downs the good times and the bad no matter what this will always be my team
1: brewers baseball is part of who i am it's part of who we are
2: a few years back, welcome in the Bill Michaels Show. Good to have you on this Thursday edition, sunny Thursday edition, warm Thursday edition. Started off talking about the article in today's uh, Journal Sentinel, which, by the way, and I, I, wanna, I do want to make this clear for those that are getting up in arms about it, uh, all Kurt Hogue did was uh, kind of reposted, so to speak, at uh, Marshall Eckblad. Ekbl- uh, uh, he's kind of wrote a piece and, uh, as a fan and sent it in, and Kurt uh, put it out there and wanted people to take a look at it uh, because it's just a different uh, opinion, so to speak, about this particular Brewers fan uh, not living in this area. Said he'll still root for Craig Council, and here's the reasons why and the understanding from his perspective as to why. And it is a different perspective. That I get. Um, but it is I guess as baseball is upon us, it kind of it, it kind of ripped the scab open a little bit of Craig's leaving and going to the Cubs. And uh so that's kind of what we've been discussing this morning, somewhat. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, by all means do so. Hit us up over on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels, at uh, Wisco Grant. You can find Grant over there, at Wisco Grant. Instagram, The Bill Michaels Show on Instagram. The Bill Michaels Show on TikTok. The Bill Michaels Show on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash The Bill Michaels Show. And you can watch us each and every day on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. Uh, Same thing on Twitch TV, on Kick TV, the apps you can download. There's LinkedIn TV as well, just simply Bill Michaels. And then email us at thebillmichaels at gmail.com. The website is thebillmichaels.com and uh, W-O-Z-N, The Zone Madison, that is the app. So download that on your phone, mobile device, whatever. The Zone Madison, and you can listen after the fact on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you get your favorite podcasts. So good stuff. Um. I look, I uh, again, I'm I because Mark says, I can't believe you're rooting for council to win. I never said that. I never said that. Net Mark, I never said I'm rooting for council to win. I said it's impossible to root for council and then still see the Cubs success. And I said, if it comes down to the Reds, the Cardinals, and the Cubs, I can't bring myself to root for the Cubs. I what I did was ask the question, would you find yourself rooting for Craig Council? If the postseason were upon us and the Brewers were well out of it and uh, basically uh, met the expectations of the betters to say 77, 76 and a half wins, would you? But I never said I would, so don't put words in my mouth. Not happening. I just wanted to ask the question, and many of you feel strong. You said no, maybe not. Not happening. So I, it just it's been an interesting uh, discussion today. We'll put it that way. Been an interesting discussion today. So, I thought it was uh, I thought it was relatively pertinent. Grant saw it today as well. So, we thought, ah, we'll talk a little bit about this. Um, this one, who's this one from? This is from uh, Lighthouse Dave. Lighthouse Dave says, No way in hell I can ever root for the Chicago Cubs in any way, shape, or form. I've been a Cubs hater since growing up, a Brewers fan. I will always be. My second favorite team in the division would probably be the Pittsburgh Pirates because they've been bad for so long and remind me, of the Brewers of the 90s. Uh, But I can't root for anybody else beyond that. Uh, That's fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Who's this one from? This is from Amanda. Amanda says, I cut Craig a little bit of slack. He went and did something good for managers in baseball, but there's no way in hell I could ever root for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, While I still think think Craig Council is a class act, the way he did it and went about it I thought was wrong. And that's the other thing I think. The, the, the way it happened again if you set it up and say you know I, I really want to do this for all managers I think that uh, you know what I've valued is this what my value is is this and if the Brewers refuse to pay it you kind of go okay I I don't like it but I get it you understand it this was kind of like under the this was kind of like I'm getting out of here and I still, If you talk to people in the Brewers organization, was there this, you know, bad blood? No, there was, it was becoming a little bit of a difference of philosophy of desire, so to speak, but also the desire to raise the level of manager pay was one of the priorities and to be able to go upstairs. To an owner, a general manager, and say, We need this, get me this. And not have to worry about the expense ramifications down the road. And and to to you know, expand on his ability as a manager to possibly win a championship. I can't fault him for that. I can't fault him for that. I just wonder what other teams would have paid. Would you know, would Houston have come after him and say paid him more? You know? Would uh, another team that was out there searching for a manager, would they have given him that kind of a commitment and paid him more? And and that was what I – I don't know. That was – if he was going to go anywhere else, I was hoping it wasn't going to be Chicago. and Because, we I mean, Chicago wasn't even in the thought process at the time. None of us saw that coming. The Brewers didn't see that coming. People behind the scenes didn't, you know, see that coming. So, anyway, uh 867 1670 877 Let's see here. Um, <laughs> Rick says, uh, I just missed Harry Carey being sloshed by the seventh inning, right? You know? Um, Johnny says, no true fan would ever scalp tickets to people from Chicago ever. That's not true. That's not true. You got, you got fans... In Green Bay, lifelong Packers fans. Life, I mean, hardcore, green and gold, bleed it every day. That, Have you ever seen Lambeau Field when Minnesota, now Detroit, Chicago come to town? It's full of their jerseys. People are scalping tickets all the time. And to say never, maybe you would never. But there's a lot of people out there that say, "I would never do that. I can't stand Chicago. I can't stand this." But the hypocrisy to money reigns supreme. It just does. It just does. Would you ever scalp your tickets for three times the cost, Grant? To if if you had a a guy that was a Cubs fan wanting to go to Miller Park or go to American Family Field, and you paid a um, hundred bucks a ticket, and he was offering you. For your four seats, instead of 400 bucks, he was offering you $1,200, and you didn't really feel like going anyway. Would you take that deal? No, because
0: that's too much work. I don't – if I want to go to the game, I'm going to go to the game.
2: I, <laughs> right. the, the whole – like,
0: I had a buddy in college who would buy shoes and flip them. Or, like, he would. He was just always buying things and flipping them. It's like, that's too yeah. much work. Like, even if I can make money. So, I, I think that applies to tickets, too. If I buy a ticket, I'm going, no matter how much – hey, you offer me, like, thousands. Okay, maybe. But
2: to make a quick buck, like, no, nah, that's too much work. Yeah. Yeah um that's it's kind of like flipping houses you look at it and go you and i won't be flipping houses anytime soon even though that's that's like money in your pocket if you do it right but yeah it's uh it's a lot of work to to get from point a to point b and to make money but some do it that's what they do they're hardcore fans are going to pick the games they want to go to they're going to look at the weather they're going to say ah, it's, i'm out on that and they're going to sell the tickets and the highest bidder is going to get get the tickets and they don't care What they bleed. Do they bleed green and gold? Do they bleed blue and orange? Do they bleed purple and white? They don't care. Money's money. So, some of them do it. Um, What else do we have? Uh, This one's from uh, Katie. Katie says, a Brewers fan, true and blue. Hate it when all the Chicago Cubs fans infiltrate American family field. I hope it doesn't happen in droves again this season. Uh, Well, it's going to. We all know it is. You can't stop it. I, even when the Brewers did the five-county thing where, you know, for those tickets were available to those within the five counties first, and then there was a surcharge and a tax and everything else they tried to put on them uh, to discourage. The, here's the, the here's the other thing to think about. When it comes to stuff like that, all you're doing is making more money off of the Cubs. And we hate it because, you know, everything goes up. But the bottom line is that the Cubs fans, for them to pay 30 bucks to park, for them to pay, you know, a, a higher amount for a ticket, that's that's peanuts compared to what they have to pay in Chicago for parking and beer and food and walking around Wrigley Field and the bars and what they're charging. That's peanuts. You know, I've had people that have come from Chicago to watch a game that are Brewers fans. They go to the Brewers games down there. They root for the Brewers. I got a buddy of mine uh, that we just saw this past weekend. He's a Brewers fan. And he will he'll come here and watch a game, but he's from Chicago, but he'll say, Bill, this is this is nothing. For the tickets and the beers and the food and this is nothing. The the reason they come here, the reason they'll drive an hour and a half, pay the toll, is because they'll end up saving hundreds of dollars in the long run and get a better experience, a better in game experience, and be able to see their team than what they have down at down at Wrigley. So in essence, the Brewers could raise it up even more if they really wanted to. But you don't want to get crazy. But they, they don't mind when Cubs fans come north and spend the money and it benefits the city and the hotels and the Ubers and the taxis and the you know, the restaurants and all that kind of stuff because the Cubs fans come up for a weekend or whatever and want to be here and spend their money in this state. You know, They kind of look at it as, hey, we're, we're doing something good for the state of Wisconsin. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Uh, by the way, coming up, uh, coming up here, we got uh, Isaac Trotter. He uh, is going to talk some college basketball with us here in about five minutes. So stay right where you're at. We're going to talk with him uh, about the total landscape of college basketball right now. Both, uh, you know, you've got UW Green Bay, which came out with. If you haven't seen it over on Twitter. You gotta watch it. It's it's fantastic. I retweeted it. Grant retweeted it yesterday. It's absolutely awesome. It's a takeoff on uh, the movie Major League Baseball, Major League. Uh so we're gonna talk some UW Green Bay. We'll talk Marquette, we'll talk Badgers and their place in each league, and then obviously the NCAA tournament as we get ready to get underway for that as well. So a lot of good stuff. Also, is it pronounced Javik? Blake is it Javik Blake or Yavik Blake? Javik Blake, yeah, you got it. He's the uh, okay. the play by play
0: in the media relations guy for the Biloxi Shuckers. So for the Biloxi Shuckers, he's, he's awesome. seen
2: a lot of this young talent.
0: Yeah, and, and every Jackson Cheerio highlight that you've seen going around on social media, that's him. So he's gotten such a good look at a lot of these guys that we got to get to know as Brewers fans.
2: Yeah. So we're going to talk with him coming up a little bit later on as well. But let's talk some college basketball when we come back. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michaels Show talking college hoops upon the return. Hey, if you were looking for us as we lead in, we're getting ready for St. Patrick's Day. It's not that far away. It's only, about three weeks away, I think is what it is. And uh, we are going to be on the 16th, the night before St. Patrick's Day at the Irish Cultural Heritage Center. Now, they have some acts coming into town prior to that. So you can check it out at ICHC.net. Everybody's starting to wear the green. You're seeing the advertisements on all the social platforms for all the shirts, all the jerseys, all the jackets, all that kind of stuff. As we get ready for St. Patrick's Day, go to ICHC.net. That's ICHC.net for some of the acts that are coming. But the night before St. Patrick's Day, there is no better way to get into the spirit than watching Cynthia, uh, which is going uh, That'll sell out if it hasn't already. I know they were selling tickets fast. Cynthia is coming to the Irish Cultural Heritage Center, and they are fantastic. They are a mix of Cajun and country and rock and Irish and just a party. So if you haven't ever seen them, and this is going to be your first time, by all means, get your tickets and come out and enjoy it. There's not a bad seat in the house. There really isn't. Go to ICHC.net. That's ICHC.net, and maybe a concert, a wedding, a meeting space, whatever you need. That's the Irish Cultural Heritage Center right there on West Wisconsin Avenue, just west of the Marquette campus, downtown Milwaukee, ICHC. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show continuing on. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the Sunset Grill, which uh, tonight, I believe tonight, they have uh, have steak and all the fixings and a bottle of wine, everything for one low price. Check out our friends at Sunset Grill, Pewaukee, especially tonight because the water is now open. The, the, The ice is gone. And it's going to be nice and warm out tonight, so check it out. Uh, Prospect Avenue and Pewaukee Sunset Grill on Pewaukee Lake. Stop in, tell them we sent you, and say hi to Sarah too over there because uh, she's uh, just back from maternity leave. She just had a brand new, brand new baby. So there you go, good stuff there. Uh, let's do this. Let's talk some. Uh, let's talk some college hoops, shall we? Because uh, it's getting to uh, be that point in the season. Isaac Trotter here to join us and talk a little college hoop. Isaac, how you doing today?
1: Doing well. Thanks for having me.
2: Uh, I want to start here in our own backyard. I go back to uh, we had Bruce Pearl who was taking uh, the UW Milwaukee Panthers to a Sweet 16. Bo Ryan was running the the Badger program. You had the Bucks; they were off to a fast start. Uh, they were starting to return, and then you had Tom Crean and Marquette. And now you got the Bucks are still good. You've got, obviously, UW-Green Bay atop the Horizon League. Marquette is number seven in the country, and the Badgers were as high as number six, even though they've fallen off lately. They're playing some decent basketball, so it's kind of a hotbed. We're feeling good right now with college hoops in this area. Talk to me about the Badgers. Let's start there and what's going on with that program. They were number six in the country, and then, for whatever reason, Nebraska kind of figured them out.
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. You know, I think with Wisconsin, they get off to the 16-4 and four start. They're 8-1. Everybody's talking about them as a, you know, a Big Ten championship contender. Potentially, hey, can this team, like, make a run to the Final Four? But I think, I think Wisconsin was playing a little bit ahead of their skis a little bit. And they've started to come back to the pack. And I think what we've seen lately is, that, like, it's been really, really bad, right? And everybody's like, oh, the panic meter. Well, Wisconsin's not as bad as that 0-4 stretch or losing 5 out of 6. But maybe they weren't quite as good as that 16-4 and four start. They're somewhere in the middle. And where are they on that scale? I think we're trying to figure it out. You know, for me, defensively, all year long, I, I've just been looking at their shots given up at the rim. It's a team that really hasn't taken away shots at the rim at a high level. That scares me a little bit. Uh, they've, they've tried to play Tyler Wall and Steven Crowell together a lot. They've tried to play a lot of two big lineups moving forward. But part of me just wants them to just double down on offense and try to find more lineups with with four guards on the floor. Get me some A.J. Storr, John Blackwell. Uh, maybe throw a little bit uh, of Chucky Hepburn and Max Klusman on the floor together. Those four guys don't usually get to play together too much. Maybe just double down on this offense, which has been you know, one of the best of the Greg Guard era because if we've learned anything in college basketball this year, if you can't score, you don't have a chance. Against any of these top teams in the country and Wisconsin can score. And I just sometimes I think that in order to make up for some of their defensive personnel issues, I think they need to double down on it and, and double down on what they're really good at.
2: I, uh, I'm excited about what they're going to do. I don't know if they put the train back on the tracks. I agree with you. I think offensively, you know, and this has been a pretty good offensive team. We've been excited about this team this season, something we haven't been in recent years. So but I agree with you that two things have hurt this team is the turnovers and sometimes when they go cold it, it 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 seems to affect everything. It's it used to be where you'd have this really solid defensive team and their 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 offense was dependent upon their defense and it's not that way anymore. You know what I mean?
1: No, I'm I'm right there with you and, and that's where I think about like trying to get more dynamic playmaking on the floor at one time. Like that's where I'm thinking like hey like can you get that second guy who can go create off the bounce? Because A.J. Storr is tremendous, and you get him out and transition, he can put you on a poster. That I mean, that dunk he had the other night was just stupid right. good. But, like, you need to have a little bit more playmaking from some of these other guys. Can you get some of these guys to break guys down off the bounce? Can, can Chucky e. Hepburn find that offense? Because sometimes there's times where it feels like he can – really get into the middle of the paint and make a great place for himself or his teammates. And there's other times where it just feels like he's a little bit hesitant, trying to get the ball out of his hands really quickly. And so I think a confident, assertive Chucky Hepburn changes what this team can do. And if you can get a little bit more playmaking and not necessarily need Max Klusman to bail you out of possessions, you know, with a, you know, a step back three or trying to create with four seconds left on the shot clock, that's kind of where I think that next step for this offense is. And we can't really lose sight of it. Like this is Greg Gard's best offense. They're putting up historic numbers offensively for this program. And I don't feel like their tweaks are that hard to make. So that's why I still am kind of buying a little bit of stock on them. as like a a team who can make a little bit more noise than some, you know, prognosticators might think right now, just because I do think there's a different gear for them to get to. I don't think their tweaks are that hard to make or, you know, impossible to execute in the next couple of weeks.
2: Nebraska knocks off Wisconsin. Wisconsin goes toe-to-toe with Purdue, ends up falling to Purdue and goes into the losing uh, bin for a while. You've got Illinois getting beat by Penn State last night. Ohio State knocks off uh, Purdue. Give me your thoughts on the Big Ten as a whole, because it, there, there's a lot of thoughts that the Big Ten just because top to bottom is good but not great that they're down this year. Give me your thoughts on the Big Ten. Yeah, I am I understand that, that sentiment that the, the, the Big Ten is down. I think it's really because the middle of the
1: league isn't quite as vicious as we thought you know Indiana was a team that a lot of people had high expectations for they had you know arguably the most nba talent entering the season and they've really fallen off a cliff maryland picked second or third depending on whichever preseason poll you looked at like that was a team that a lot of people really liked michigan state another team that a lot of high expectations early in the season ohio state high expectations after a really good start both of those teams have not really necessarily lived up to their full beacon of of what they could be. And so I I understand it, but I still think the big 10 has a few teams that can certainly make runs. Like I think Purdue, the, the jury on them is everyone thinks that, Oh, they, they lost early. They've had all of these issues. Like I still think that's a really, really darn good basketball team. And I think they're better than what they are last year. And I think that they're going to make a real run and I wouldn't be surprised at all if they're in the final four. And I think Matt painter would deserve it. I think Illinois gives a lot of teams problems. Like they're they're kind of their own worst enemy right now, kind of working through their kinks defensively, but they give a lot of teams problems. And I don't think, you know, I don't think many teams are going to be super fired up to see Illinois in their side of the quadrant because that's arguably the best offense Illinois has had since the 0405 team with D Brown, Darren Williams, you know, Luther Head. Like this is a juggernaut offense. Like you got to score like 90 to beat Illinois, and not every team can do that. So I understand the sentiment of like, hey, the Big Ten is down because I do think it is. But some of the teams at the top are still certainly capable of making second weekend runs or, or even deeper.
2: Then you've got uh, Marquette here that just drilled DePaul. Now, DePaul's not a good basketball program right now to begin with anyway, but they just uh, kind of put their emphatic stamp on them last night. Uh, number seven in the country, the one hundred They've had a couple of ups and downs, but then you look – because you get you get UConn, it gets knocked off the other day by Creighton. Kind of an epic run by Creighton to win that ball game. But Marquette has kind of held steadfast. The Big East is still considered one of the best basketball conferences in all the country. Give me your thoughts on Marquette's place in the Big East.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm just really enjoying this little stretch here because I, I just want to maintain perspective. Like the things that Tyler Colec is doing right now, like we just shouldn't just <laughs> just forget about it. Like this is this is special stuff. He was. Unbelievable last night, right? 18 assists in in that win over DePaul. And I love watching Oso Iguodaro, right? Like that two-man game is as fun as any combination in college basketball. But I do think that, like, this is a group that, you know, the Big East is is as top-heavy as ever. I think UConn, I think Marquette, I think Creighton, all three of those teams could seriously be final four contenders. I'm not sure. I like any of the other teams to make the second weekend, right? At like the bottom of the, the Big East has been a little bit of a concern, but you look at this Marquette team like yes, they get beat by UConn. I think people kind of freaked out a little bit like, "Oh, does this say something about Marquette's ceiling?" Like if we're going to eliminate every team that's gotten on, gone on the road and gotten just destroyed this year, then we should basically eliminate every team in college basketball. Auburn goes on the, stro- on, on, on the road and gets destroyed. UConn's gone on the road and got destroyed. Arizona goes on the road and gets destroyed. Alabama goes on the road and gets destroyed. Tennessee goes on the road and gets destroyed. Like every team is going through this. So I didn't really mm-hmm. put too much stock in that thing. Like, yeah, you went on the road, you lost to a juggernaut. UConn played great for 40 minutes. That doesn't change anything about what Marquette can do. Now I, I'm a little concerned about the backup point guard, right? Like Sean Jones going out for the season, certainly sings. He was such a big piece of their defense, and I thought he really raised the tempo. But if Tyler Kolek has to play 40 minutes in March, I think he'll play 40 minutes in March. And if he's on the floor, I think he's the best point guard in college basketball. And that's, that's a really nice thing to have on your side when you're in a do-or-die game in, in, in the round of 32.
2: Yeah, Tyler's averaging over thirty-two minutes a game anyway. You know, six more minutes, I don't think is going to kill him, and he he'd probably accept that hands down. And the good news for Marquette is you got a shot at UConn, second to last game of the year. Correct me if I'm wrong. They're back at the five Star form with UConn. So they've between that and Creighton, they've got back to back games against top fifteen teams in the country. They've got a chance to really kind of put an emphatic stamp on this season, if indeed they can get wins over those two teams.
1: No doubt. Right. And getting them back to back is tough and it's, it's going to be hard and brutal. Right. But if you could just find a way to get one, you're pretty right. much kind of solidified as like a top three seed, I think, in the tournament. And this again, we're right. Like we get so caught up in ebbs and flows of the regular season. It's all about just finding the way to get the best draw in March and then the matchups go from there. Right. Like that's all it's about. And Marquette's put themselves in position to have a chance. And that's all you can ask for. And you know, I, I think that, you know, David Joplin continuing to assert himself. You need a, you need the good version of Cam Jones if this group wants to make a run. And I understand there's real trepidation because like Mark it's been a minute since Marquette's made that second weekend. Like people are desperate for it. And this is a group that probably won't be together next year, right? Like this that's totally fair to understand that there's going to be some roster turnover potentially next year. And so you really want to make this count. And I think this group can just have to find a way to get the right draw, and winning one of those two games or even two of those games, if you get to that two line, like again, like last year, you you know getting a two doesn't guarantee you get to the Sweet 16, but you got to find a way to give yourself the best
2: chance possible. It has been kind of an up-and-down year uh, for UW-Green Bay, and then they ended up losing to Oklahoma, and after that, they reeled off four straight, and then they ended up reeling seven out of eight, and they put themselves near the top spot of the Horizon League. I, I mean, I don't know how much Horizon League basketball you pay attention to, but we're excited. I mean, you've got another team from the state that's actually involved in the possibility of making it to the tournament this year. And the the little commercial they put out with a spoof on Major League, uh, the movie Major League yesterday, which was fantastic. But they've got four games left, Purdue, uh, FW, Youngstown State, Cleveland State, and then Milwaukee. They could end up winning that, that, uh, that league and then doing some damage in a tournament. How good, is this one of those pesky teams that you kind of, you look at, yeah, you may want to swat away, but they could kind of get in your face and do some things good?
1: I like, I genuinely think that Sundance Wicks is like a legit national coach of the year contender. Like what he's done there is unbelievable. And uh, you can go to my Twitter and check out the story I just, yeah. I just did on, on Sundance Wicks. He, the things we talked I, we talked for like almost an hour and just, you just see there's something different about him and like what they're doing. And everyone talks about, oh, they went worse from, to first. They have the walk-ons. They go to find division two guys. Like all of that is cool. And he's had an unbelievable backstory beating homelessness. And it's, it's, a, it's a really, really cool story. But I don't think it should overshadow what they're actually doing on the floor. And they're doing some really unique things on the floor from an X's and O's perspective that I think is really paying off. One thing is unguarded catch-and-shoot threes. Everyone talks like that's like, oh, three-point variance. Like, what are teams shooting like on those wide-open threes? Well, Green Bay, like, they're one of the top teams in the country in unguarded catch-and-shoot three percentage because they force teams Like, guys that don't want to shoot threes, they don't guard them. And they open it up for them to shoot threes. And it really messes up the rhythm. And Coach Wicks was talking to me about how, like, why that's part of their strategy of just, like, trying to force guys who don't shoot. Into shooting ten or eleven times because it takes away fouls, it takes away you know your other good shooters getting chances to get their shots up. Like it just messes up your rhythm and your flow. And they just do creative things. They take away shots at the rim. They make you shoot shots you don't want to take. And I think it's that's a big reason why behind their success. Like it's a great story. It's an unbelievable rise for a program that was maybe the worst in all college basketball last year. But what they're doing on the floor is really really creative and unique and cool. Like I think they're doing a great job there. Just the fact that they're in this conversation to win the horizon is honestly stunning.
2: If you'd have said to me uh, at the beginning of the season that the the Big 12 is going to be one of the best basketball conferences, we know the SEC, they've got a lot of good teams in there. Auburn, uh, Alabama, South Carolina, Florida, we can go on and on. Kentucky's always there. But if you have told me the Big 12 was going to be one of the best, I, I might have blinked an eye at that. But, man, between the SEC and the Big 12, they really have kind of upped their game, not just in football and kind of the allegiances that they formed, but also in basketball now, too.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, the Big 12 is, you know, a complete wagon. Every single night, it's just a new team is really, really good. I kind of feel bad for the teams at the bottom of the league because UCF, Oklahoma State, West Virginia – they're they're grinding out wins. They're trying to stay in it, but it's just it's a tough life to be in. It's a tough business to be in. And it's funny because like Texas is six and seven in Big 12 play there. And they're 17-9 and nine overall, and Marquette fans got to see them up close, right? Like be, uh, Marquette beat the doors off of Texas early in the season. But that's a really talented roster who's not over 500. Like, they have Dylan DeSue, who could be an All-American candidate. They have Max Aceves, who scored 3,000 career points. Tyrese Hunter was, like, the number two player in the transfer portal a couple years ago. Dylan Mitchell's a five-star prospect that could be a number one or you a know, first-round draft pick. Like, this group is loaded with talent, and they're 6-7 in the Big 12. Like, that's what life is like right now. So, I think there's still some questions about the Big 12 in the the tournament because you know houston is vulnerable and kansas isn't necessarily like that that you know that railroading team that's just going to blow you off the floor and you know there's still some questions about iowa state and baylor and texas tech like how legit are those teams and i think it's also fair to wonder if like how good this conference is if, it, if they beat each other up too much if it will kind of run, run them out of gas you know in the big dance but overall every single night like it's it's a war out there it's like world war 3 in the big 12 every single night and it's like every game i am watching it's 67-66 with so 3 minutes and 10 seconds left and you're not really sure who's going to win and that's just basically life in the big 12
2: no no doubt good stuff isaac we're going to we're going to pick your brain after we get to the brackets when they come out and then we'll find out who got screwed and who didn't and who is the most likely to win the ball game or win the a tournament but great stuff man i appreciate it we'll get you back on real soon okay
1: yeah thanks for having me
2: Absolutely. You can read his stuff at Isaac underscore Trotter at Isaac underscore Trotter over on X. And uh, he does. He's got a really good piece on Sundance Wix uh, for the Green Bay Phoenix men's basketball program. If you haven't seen it already, man, uh, good stuff. It's over there and it's pinned to the top of his Twitter account. Uh, But he works with 24 seven sports. He's the national college basketball writer. Great, great stuff. Talking some college hoops. Love it. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael show coming up. back in good to have you today bill michaels show they have got an event going on at the four seasons island resort coming up and it is uh it's it's going to be awesome if you haven't seen it already or signed up for it it's march 8th and 9th it's coming up in a few weeks and it's called the cabin fever music festival uh, four bands uh, and, uh, you get Friday night and Saturday night, you get stays, uh, both nights, two nights, lodging, all the bands and free beer. Okay. For those of you who just crashed into a telephone pole, I apologize. Uh, I'm not kidding. Uh, you get the, it's called the cabin fever music festival, four bands, rocker fire on high neon detour and rapid transit, uh, Friday night and all day on Saturday, two nights lodging, all the bands, uh, the tickets in to see the bands and free beer you can book online or call our girl Barb if you choose to do so. Uh, but they, there's only like uh, 20 – these are selling fast. Only 20. Rooms. Last time I checked, uh, last week there was 20-something rooms. i got to assume that there's there's less than that now. But uh, they only have so many rooms available for this. And if you tell Barb that you heard it here, you get a little bit of a discount. Think about that. Get a hold of our girl Barb, 715-938-5110, 715-938-5110. Or simply go to four, the thefourseasonswisconsin.com, thefourseasonswisconsin.com. But uh, the best way to do it is just call Barb. Say, Barb, heard about this on Bill Michael's show. Just want to get away for a couple of days. Going to hear some live music. Going to get some beer. Going to hang out. Maybe sit in a hot tub. Maybe sit in a pool. Go to the Diamond Room. Get some food. Go downstairs to the uh, Boundary Waters Bar and Grill. Great place down there. Maybe spend some time in a lounge. Who knows? Whatever. Whatever you want to do, 715-938-5110. That's 715-938-5110. The Cabin Fever Music Festival, four bands, two nights stay, uh, tickets to the see the bands, the tap beer, all that good stuff. Alfo free, right there. Good stuff. Check out our friends uh over there at Four Seasons Island Resort. Uh 715-938-5110. That's our girl Barb. Uh, Man, that was a wealth of uh, basketball information, which I love that. we got to get Isaac back on. Steven says UW-Green Bay overachieving, and I love it. My daughter is a senior there. I don't care if they're overachieving. I don't care if, uh, you know, there was another rising and Jesus Christ has decided to play point guard for UW-Green Bay. I love it when all three teams are good. I love it when really when all four. You'd love to see uh, UW-Milwaukee get better. But I love it when you've got the the tournament right around the corner and you've got hope and you've got, you know, legitimate, you know, teams going into the tournament. I'm excited about it. I hope I'm, we know Marquette's going to get there. We assume the Badgers are going to be there. What I'm hoping for and what I'm going to follow closely is the Horizon League tournament because I would love to see UW-Milwaukee or UW-Green Bay get to the tournament as well and then you've got the bucks hopefully knock on wood getting back at it the second unofficial second half of the season getting underway and they start playing good basketball and then we've got that then we've got that so i'm i'm excited about it i can't wait um anything else grant that i missed I think everybody, what D3 basketball, obviously doing extremely well in the state of Wisconsin and the WIAC as well.
0: Well, that's, I mean, that's the case every single year. You can right. just assume that that conversation, he, I, I love how uh, Isaac referred to the big 12 as a wagon. The WIAC, the WIAC, however you want to pronounce it is, is always a wagon. It's just cool to hear someone, you know, cause most of the college basketball talk that I do, it's about the Badgers. And maybe a right. little Marquette and maybe it, it's Cool to talk to someone that that's their whole deal is college right. basketball. And they can talk about this conference and this team and that that was great. And necessary information as we get ready for conference tournaments. And yeah. He's like had a lot of big games down the stretch. The Badgers still have Purdue on their schedule and Marquette still gets to host Creighton right. and
2: UConn. So big games coming up. Yep, no doubt. In between him and our guy Mike DeCourcy, uh we got basketball covered. And then you got local the local writers, which you got Zach who follows, you know, uh, the Badgers as close as anybody. And then we've got writers over here for the Journal Sentinel that cover Marquette. We're good. Love it. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, we got a break. We're going to come back. We'll get back into many things still yet to discuss. Speaking of basketball, do you agree with Giannis when he says it's Dame's team? when it comes down the stretch it's dame's team i i i'll give you my opinion on that when we come back but i also i also want to look at it in two different lights and in the comparison to lebron because i think there, there's some legit for, for from the outside looking in there's some legit, there's some legitimate criticism but I, I I don't want to sound like I'm this hometown guy that's going to always side with Giannis, but there there's there, to to Giannis's point, I agree with him, and I'll tell you why when we come back. Stay tuned. We got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. Stay right. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. to have you back bill michaels show continuing on this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at jnl tire and service center on boulder road in watertown wisconsin also uh, just north of 94 at the johnson creek exit you can see them from the highway and they're trustworthy they do everything from oil changes tires to major repairs and whether it's a minivan all the way up to a big rig, they have the facilities to take care of both. And they are unbelievably philanthropic in the community too. And that's one of the great reasons that I love taking my vehicles there whenever I get an opportunity to, or if I have something going on that I need to get looked at, I trust them. I mean, that's the biggest thing, right? When you look at somebody and they say, Hey, this is what's wrong. You go, okay, that not only will they, you, you trust them, but they'll fix it. You know, and that way you don't have to keep going back and going back and going back and, Oh no, it's this. Oh no, it's that. Oh no, it, and you, but before you know it, you've got twelve repairs for the same thing. They're just uh, good people. L. Tyron Service Center, uh, right there on Watertown Road, or in uh, I should say Boulder Road in Watertown, and uh, at ninety-four and Johnson Creek, right there at the Johnson Creek exit. Both places absolutely fantastic and even better people. Um, so Giannis said that it's Dame's team. It's Dame's team. And, you know, on one hand, you know, down the stretch, down the stretch, it's Dame's team. So, on one hand, you're kind of like, okay, you know, I get it. You know, there's, you know, some questions about this team coming back. Are they going to be able to kind of overcome some of the issues? And, you know, will this team be able to, you know, kind of put a lot of the stuff behind them, so to speak, that is that has cost them games and cost them time. And I say that in the sense they're still a winning team, but this team has had to struggle at times to come back and beat bad teams. And, you know, can Doc Rivers put it all together? I think that's first and foremost. Um, You know, can there be a – A better relationship on the floor between the guys of the addition of Dame with Giannis, with you know, Chris, with Brooke, and then whoever else happens to be rotated through that group at the time. Can they kind of find it? Because Adrian Griffin couldn't find it. He couldn't get it all together. And then the winning. Well, the other thing I when they talk about winning, winning is winning is a in the eye of the beholder. If I see them play the Detroit Pistons and they win 97-93 and they had a 20 point lead or they're down as we saw recently by 20 to the Pistons and they got to come storming back and expel all this energy just to do it. And wow, well, you we eke out a win, but man, it was yeah. No, come on. That's not an impressive win. That that's that's a that's a W. No doubt, but that's not the way this team should be winning. They should be dominating bad teams and going toe to toe and beating good teams. That that's the level of talent that's on paper with this team. Can they find that identity? And you know, do they have that drive? Quite frankly, you know, I thought uh, Jim Ozarski also had a great point in his column that said it's a question if you know if Giannis pointedly asked to follow.
0: Oh no, did we lose Bill? I hope he didn't I hope he didn't tip over. Needs to take a nap. We'll work to get Bill back. And then we have so many comments from Giannis to pour over. And I'm glad he's referencing comments from Jim Ozarski's story. We talked to Jim on Tuesday. Bill was out and I told Jim, I was like, Well, you're stuck with me today. Uh so we talked a lot about the all-star break, but also what comes next for Giannis and for Dame. Eric name wrote a really lengthy story too. And some of the comments that Giannis made, it was the Dame comments that got the headlines, right? About how this is Dame's team. And Bill referenced that. And I know Bill has plenty to say on that when he gets reconnected here. Um, He said, good or bad. I ride with Dame until the end. Um, I've been saying this over and over again. This is his team down the stretch. He's going to get the ball. There's nothing else that we will do. I don't know what else to say. I don't know how else to put it at the end of the day. He just has to believe it too. So Giannis, and he said that, remember, after game one. Remember when Dame went off for, what was that, 35, 40 points against Philly, that Thursday night game at the very beginning of the season? Giannis said this is Dame's team now. It's not Dame's team. This is Giannis' team. It's Giannis' city. It's never going to be Dame's team. But what Giannis is saying is correct, and that I think at the end of games, Giannis isn't going to defer to Dame. But their offense and big-time shots and clutch-time offense is going to be based around Dame. That doesn't mean Dame is always going to take the shot. But their crunch-time offense and, and their crunch-time looks against good defenses in big-time moments when things are really tough, it's going to be based around Dame. That was the idea why they traded for him, right? That's why they traded for him is because against the Heat in the playoffs or against the Celtics in the playoffs two years ago when Chris Middleton got hurt. The Bucks' defense wasn't the issue. Scoring, you know, first, second, third quarter, the first five, eight minutes of the fourth quarter, that wasn't an issue. But when things really slow down in the playoffs, it's almost like the sport changes, right? It becomes completely different, and you're not able to always work for shots and run offense. It gets really, really pressurized, and everyone digs down really deep on defense, and sometimes it's about who can go make a shot. And I, I think a good comp for that is, by the way, In the NFL, in the red zone, right? Between the 20s, you can scheme up a six-yard pass. You can scheme up an outside run. You can scheme the offense up and down the field, and that's something that I think I've referenced when filling in for Bill, and I know that that's something I've talked about on my show. In the postseason against these great defenses, Ben Johnson, Matt LaFleur, Todd Munkin with with the Ravens, moving in between the 20s wasn't an issue for these offenses. Scoring in the red zone was... When you get in that confined space, it's not always about the scheme. It's about the guys. It's about the Joes, the Jimmys and the Joes, not the X's and O's. And NBA basketball is the same way. That's why they added Dame. So what Giannis is saying, or the way I'm interpreting what Giannis is saying, is it's not like Dame is all of a sudden the the face of the franchise or the face of Milwaukee, but he is the straw that stirs the drink late in games. Now, that straw might lead to a Giannis layup or might lead to an open three for somebody else, but he is the straw. And Giannis has really said that from day one. We'll get Bill back. I know he has more to say. I think the comments the Giannis made about Doc are fascinating as well. Might actually tell us more about Adrian Griffin than Doc Rivers. We'll get Bill back, our number three, Bill Michael show next.